What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. This is episode 5, featuring Ryan Bliss, former Cornell D-man, now turned volunteer assistant coach for the UMass Amherst Minutemen. All right, everybody, this uh, this podcast is brought to you by PPW. Um, prove people wrong. Whether you're an underdog trying to get to that next level, battling mental health issues, or trying to lose 10 pounds, PPW has the apparel to support you and pursue your dreams. PPW believes in believes in you when no one else does. And PPB, PPW is giving everybody at Monkey Mind a little discount code on their pre-order. Uh, you get 10% off your pre-order today with the promo code Monkey Mind. It's one word, Monkey Mind. Just go to their website at ProvePeopleWrong.com and use the promo code Monkey Mind at ProvePeopleWrong.com. Let's get after it. Today's guest, we have uh, Ryan Bliss from Chelmsford, Mass. Welcome. Thank you. If you don't mind just, you know, telling us a little bit about yourself and your path in hockey. Sure. Um, well, I just want to say thanks again for having me on. And, uh, Mike, I, I think what you guys are doing here in this platform is a, a great opportunity for a lot of um, athletes to uh, kind of see that they're not alone. So I think it's, um, it's very helpful and, and uh, it's, it's great that you guys are doing this. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I'm from Chelmsford. Um, I pretty much have uh, – hockey's led me pretty much everywhere I've gone so far in my life. And uh, so I, I went to um, St. Paul's School up in New Hampshire for a couple of years, and then I uh, left to play for the national team development program out in um, Ann Arbor at the time. So I did that for uh, my U17 and U18 years. Um, and then I went to uh, Cornell um, – and while I was there, I suffered a uh, like career and career at career ending um, spine injury that uh, has taken me the last kind of four or five years to um, kind of slowly rehab and kind of try to get back to uh, 100% where I was before I got injured. Um, but unfortunately, I've uh, decided to kind of take on the role of coaching and um, transition there this past year. Um, after a grad transferred to uh, UMass Amherst um, in the middle of last season. So been all over the place and uh, played with a lot of great players and learned a lot about um, the game of hockey and myself. And, uh, yeah. So, Bliss, uh, actually, Danny, go ahead and I'll let you start off. Um, no, I just uh, – yeah, if you could just kind of talk about um... – you know, that injury that you had there, um, you know, kind of what happened and, and all that, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so my, uh, my L4, L5 disc in my lower back um, ruptured um, prior to my junior season at Cornell, and it was kind of a freak injury that happened all of a sudden. And uh, luckily I had a couple of my teammates that up taking me to the emergency room, and um, they told me they didn't really know what was wrong, got a couple of um, – cortisone shots, try to take care of it uh, so I could play. And one day at um, my 
leg just went completely numb, my right leg, and I lost all like feeling and motor function. So it was, uh, it was pretty scary. And um, so I've been trying to work my way back from that and to, uh, to the point where I got probably about 90-ish percent. Um, but it just like it wasn't quite where I wanted to be as a hockey player. Um, so I had to make that, uh, the difficult decision to hang them up, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it taught me a lot about myself and perseverance and, uh, you know, it's with such a drastic injury like that, that kind of changes your whole career path and everything. Um, you know, it's, it's really important to keep a positive mindset. And, um, I think that was pretty much what kind of willed me through up until this point is just understanding that you know, being positive and not trying to get down on um, what could be so easy to get down on. Um, you know, it's, it's helped me a lot and just kind of gr like grow and, um, you know, deal with some of these, uh, like uh, some of this adversity that I've, have, that I've had to face. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I kind of commend your effort and, um, you know, just everything you've gone through and it sounds like you're doing great, which I couldn't be happier to hear. Um, I mean, any any hockey player that's played at a competitive level is always, um, you know, it's evident how passionate they are. But um, for you to kind of stick with it and, you know, mentally not get beaten down um, is just uh, kind of remarkable. And I'm sure that you had tough days and um, just try and can you try and touch on, um, you know, if you did have tough days, um, you know, what those days consisted of and how you felt and kind of how you adjusted to um, say getting triggered by something and just kind of just how you stayed positive and kind of dealt with everything as well as you did. Yeah. Well, um, well, thank you, first of all, but, um, yeah, for, you know, I've learned that there was, there was going to be some days like that, that, you know, that, you know, it was going to be a lot harder than others. Um, and I'd say like for the most part of like the first maybe six, six months or so, it was like, um, with such uncertainty of kind of when this injury was going to heal or, um, if I was ever going to get back to where I was. And uh, I'd say for the first like six months or so, I'd maybe like once a month I'd have um, like a day where I was just like, real, like, like full of questions. Like, am I ever going to get there? Like, what's the point? Kind of like doubting myself. Um, and then, you know, I'd try to like, just with kind of determination and persevering, kind of being like proving people wrong. Um, yeah. You know, like some of the doctors said I was never going to walk again, play again. Um, so like I kind of use that as motivation to um, kind of overcome some of the things that you know I wasn't supposed to overcome. Yeah, I mean, man, like <clears throat> the pot. Like you think about, I mean, when you think of mental health and mental illness, like you're kind of a like one of the better examples of just mental health as a um, general standpoint because although like for myself, it was the anxiety and depression at times, but like sure. you have the like track record of just overall strong, like mental health willpower. And like, even if like doing so well is just like 
it gives so many people hope that like even with what you've gone through like you did so well staying positive and like finding reason to like what was happening to you and it's it's just great to hear and like that's definitely gonna help so many people more than you think yeah well i appreciate it um just to kind of just to kind of go off and give another insight real quick so like that so um i was like before this injury and stuff i had dealt, dealt with um anxiety and depression and I'm, i live with it um so they're you know they i've learned a lot about it through help and support of teammates coaches um counselors at, at school um so there's I've, there's been a lot of people that have uh, helped me and been in my corner through tough times um so and like yeah, i credit all those people and kind of just taking the time to understand and kind of give me the time to um figure out kind of what i needed to do to cope with some of these things um so like you know there's there's been a lot of a lot of people supporting me since i was you know 16 when i was first diagnosed yeah no that's it's just an awesome story and it, like it it's one of those stories and it's like oh fuck it sucks to hear but like hearing that you adjusted and like didn't fall into any traps or like go down the wrong path co- using uh like negative things to cope um is awesome to hear and um just to like see how you like it's cool to see that you stuck with being a major piece in a hockey community regardless of playing or not so that's yeah. that's awesome too yeah okay, thank man. you without a doubt that's awesome um so um i want to touch on the part about you know having anxiety and depression and how um you know being an athlete um and a high end athlete how they go in hand, hand in hand, both positively and negatively. How, how did you feel that, you know, playing hockey and playing at the level that you did, how it went hand in hand as far as, you know, did you find it, that hockey was the escape you needed or did you find that at times hockey maybe, um, you know, added another layer to that anxiety and some pressure or if it did, you know what I mean? I'm curious, what's your perspective on that? What happened with you there? Yeah, a great, great question. Um, I think that, like like you said, I think there's good and bad. Like I think that like being an athlete, it comes with a lot of discipline. Um, you know, just like you know, not like following the team rules, making sure you're on time, doing the little things, um, and then that that also creates like a routine. And I think that both like having the discipline and the routine was was huge for me. Um, just knowing that like knowing what to expect, not. In, um, overthinking things you know just keeping trying to just take life like live in the moment and like take it day by day so um that's something i had to learn over time um and like through you know many good days and bad days um and then i think that like from the negative side of it i think that you know as a high-end athlete and just an athlete in general you know you create your own expectations of like where you want to be as a player and um you know like trying to make it and so i think that that can sometimes I know for me it created some some kind of performance based anxiety, um, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people face, and it's it's pretty common. And um, so I I think that's definitely a part of it where you have to, um, you know, understand that, um, you know, you got to work for those expectations and 
that you know everyone not everyone has the same path and so like sometimes you gotta you don't do things a little bit differently or um you know it doesn't mean you're not going to get there if your buddy's doing it like you're already there just or you know his track is a little faster mm. yeah. yeah real quick uh sorry to interrupt you there flow um no you're good uh you just mentioned about having like a different path and stuff um, Sure. and obviously um playing for the national development program it's a pretty you know, select, selective and prestigious group that you're in requiring you to move home at a pretty early age. Um, yeah. Kind of talk about how, how that experience was and how, you know, um, being away from your family, your buddies and um, hyper-focusing on, on hockey and um, how that experience was for you taking, you know, that different path, leaving prep school and all that. Sure. Um, so I guess like, you touched on it a little bit, like kind of, you know, that whole leaving for home and such a, you know, high intense environment with like such great players. Um, so for me, like I was, I was fortunate enough to be at prep school, uh, my first two years. So I was living away from home. Um, but it was only about an hour north of where I live in Massachusetts. So, um, I was still seeing my family, family like regularly and, um, they're coming out to every game and all that stuff, but, you know, going out to Michigan was a little bit different. And so, um, a little bit further apart and only seeing my mom usually like once a month, um, and a little bit harder, but at the same time, like, uh, like I said earlier, like there's so much discipline and structure in that, in that program. And, um, you know, that's why it turns out like top players every year. And, uh, I think that part of that environment is also, kind of what creates those like expectations and so like um when you know you're you're, you're surrounded with so much like hype i guess um there's you know it's it, it's tough not to compare yourself and um you know you you want to be like right up there with everyone else um so like it, there are times when um it, you know you're definitely uh it definitely challenges you to uh you know stay true to yourself and um you know not not get too, too far ahead of, um, you know, living in the moment. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a great way to put it. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I'm sure anyone that listens and, uh, is a part of the hockey community. Um, obviously NTP is not the easiest place to play just cause you're surrounded by the top players in the world and, um, coming from, or not the world in the U.S., but um, coming from prep school, um, where you're probably a big fish in a little pond, it was probably a lot different. And, um, can you talk about how you adjusted to kind of going from prep school, um, and then to a, you know, an environment that's uh, pretty much completely different, a different world, just because you expected to do a lot more and just kind of how you adjusted to that transition um, mentally and just kind of stuck with it and didn't get sidetracked and whatnot. Yeah, no, the, the great, great questions. Like this is, I, I actually think about this like a lot, kind of the lessons I've learned from um, this transition. Cause this was a transition period of my life where, like you said, it was kind of like a, a big fish in a small pond, but, um, and then going out to such a, like an elite group of players. Um, so it was, like at that point, like going out to the national program was, uh, was honestly great for me. Like it taught me, um, like at the time when I went out there, I wasn't the most mentally tough kid. Um, but you know, going through crazy workouts and, um, like always competing every day in practice and in games, 
um, with like the, with some of the best players. Like it, it taught me that, you know, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta be mentally tough. Like you, you can't let everything, you know, get to you. And um, it, so it, like it's, it's helped me a lot in, in that aspect of um, just, you know, making sure I'm not, um, like I'm not trying to compare myself too much to the, to, uh, to those around me um, in, in negative ways. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is that comparison factor. I feel like, <clears throat> um, you know, being an athlete, you're always in a comp- competitive environment and in a competitive mindset. Sure. And, and you always tend to, you know, you want to obviously focus on yourself, but it's hard because you always want to, the, the other players at your competition, you always want to try and, you know, you know, be the best you can be. And um, that comparison factor, I think, eats at a lot of players. Um, as much as you try not to focus on that naturally, I think you just kind of do. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it just, for you, it, I, I don't, th- it didn't stop with the, as far as the pressures. I mean, you, then you decided to go to, uh, to play at Cornell university, which has, um, obviously as everyone knows, Cornell university is an Ivy league school, which there's now the academic component that you add into that. Um, how, how was that managing playing division one and then having to deal with, you know, you know, the Ivy league education and the course load there. Sure. Um, so I, like, it's actually like, so before I actually went to Cornell, I was, uh, you know, that was one of the things I was really nervous about was that, that course load and kind of being able to balance it. Um, and, you know, once I got there, I realized that the, the structure that the coaching staff has in place and the, uh, just the, the tight, the tight knit group of guys in the locker room, um, just like it, the support was, was unbelievable. And so like they made it, everyone around you made it really easy to succeed. And, you know, like, of course there were a few times when, um, you know, we'd be gone for a couple games and we'd come back and we'd be a little bit overwhelmed with schoolwork. And I think that that definitely was one of my triggers of um, kind of, you know, be, having a little bit too much on my plate um, where I would just kind of get over overwhelmed and extremely stressed out. And that would definitely cause my, some of my anxiety. Um, but, but as my time went on there, I kind of learned how to manage that. And, um, you know, like the coaching staff was, was awesome. And, um, my, my classmates and teammates were phenomenal and understood what I was going through. Um, so it was, it was always nice to have those guys to lean on. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Having that, uh, good guys on your team makes everything a lot better. Um, you know, things aren't going well at the rink or things aren't going well in school, having those guys to talk to and lean on. Um, it, it's, it really can make a huge difference, you know? Yep. Um, absolutely. So. Can, so kind of going off that, um, Danny and I've, um, obviously, um, just been kind of picking each other's brains in regards to everything. Um, I asked him a question about, you know, if he found, being in college compared to pro where he felt more comfortable about kind of potentially talking to someone, not being afraid to. And um, it was just kind of different for the two of us. Just obviously everyone has a different journey, but could you probably, could you say that you had guys and outlets that you felt comfortable or was there ever a time that you were kind of scared to say something if you you know, we're kind of anxious or just overwhelmed. Like, were you always kind of 
vulnerable to the fact of opening up to someone or knowing that you had um, kind of an outlet to get you back to where you needed to be and calm down? Yeah, no, that's a good, good question. My, um, so I, I think that, like, as you were saying this question, I was starting to, like, kind of process um, kind of my whole time at Cornell. And, and uh, I think that as, as a freshman and as an underclassman, it's a lot. I guess I feel I'm definitely a little bit more nervous um, just to, like, didn't think that guys would understand completely or, like, you know, didn't want to, um, you know, not seem like, you know, I was mentally tough or, like, you know, not, like, kind of in that aspect. Um, but I think as, as you get older, you kind of understand what you're going through a little bit more and you're just, you're more comfortable with the guys around you and, um, understand the, the structure of the routine. And I think that, so like, as, as my time went on, um, I was definitely more comfortable talking to guys. No, that's, I think that's good. That's yeah. good. No, no, I was, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say that's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. And that's basically just like kind of the purpose behind this is just making sure people realize that we kind of all stand as one and to be okay with not being okay and asking for help. And, um, you know, Danny and I can both agree and admit that we were, were guilty of kind of being afraid at first. Sure. But Danny can obviously go on more about that aspect of kind of just seeking out help and um, just being okay with it. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, when you go through something that's uh, makes you feel like, you know, anxiety and depression, you, you feel really low about yourself and it's a, it can get into a pretty dark place. And it's funny, like it's a mental thing, but you physically feel, for me, you physically feel disgusting. Yeah. Um, you don't feel comfortable in your own skin. Times where I would wake up and immediately just look to go to, like, just wanted the day to be over to go back to sleep. So it's just, it's tough when you're in that place because you're scared to open up. And, um, you know, some of the things that you think of and have thoughts about are, are pretty scary. You know, you, you get nervous to open up to people in, in fear that they're going to think you're insane. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's like kind of the whole point of this is that, one thing I've realized just, you know, you know, it in college and just playing throughout the year, you kind of get guys one-on-one and you have conversations and, you know, kind of open up about certain stuff and kind of realize that a lot of people kind of go through the same things. Yeah. Which is kind of what we're trying to get out more. Um, is that, you know, you're not alone with some of the stuff you go through. There's a lot of players um, right around you, like li- literally amongst you in the locker room or on the same ice as you on the other team who are battling the exact same things in- as you, and you're not alone in that, and it's okay to be completely open. Um, yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. Not, yeah, that's just kind of our whole thing with this. But um, you mentioned also before about, you know, having supporters and how that helped you out. Who, who would you say were your biggest supporters or continue to be your biggest supporters through this, through your battle of mental health? Well, um, I guess my, I guess the longest supporter I have is definitely my mom. Like she's, she's great. She's listens to when I'm going through stuff and, you know, she's been the first to help me seek out help, whether it's counselors or, uh, people at school. Um, and then, 
you know, at Cornell specifically, Coach Coach Schaefer and our trainer Ed Kelly were um, awesome, and we we used to check in regularly, and um, you know, we had a we had a pretty good line of communication uh, between the three of us. You know, if I ever needed a you know just a day away from the rink, or um, you know, if something was bothering me, like they were, they were awesome, and they were like one phone call or text away, or I could just pop into the office and be like, hey, you know, like I got some stuff going on, and um, you know, they were great about it and supportive and, um, helped me talk to people at, at school. And, uh, so yeah, it was awesome. That's great. I mean, it's awesome that your coaches were, you know, so open. Yeah. Um, with that stuff. Well, I, I think that's so good. I was just going to say like, that's, um, I think that's probably one reason that, uh, like I've had a positive mindset through all this. Cause like there, I know for a lot of people it's, um, it can be tough if, you know, they, they're afraid of like talking to their coach and, um, you know, like that, that communication you have between like your coach and the players, um, like going through something like this is, you know, more helpful than you can, you can imagine if, you know, if you're afraid to speak up or say something and, you know, that's part of the reason I like want to get into coaching is, um, you know, to help kids get like battle adversity and, um, you know, like, like you said, there's more people than you think that go through this. Yeah. I, th- I think that's one of the biggest things in hockey as a whole, not so much college hockey, but um, just like kind of the relationship between the player and the coaches that, um, you know, some coaches aren't as understanding as others and that, you know, if a player – is having some sort of anxiety or depression that doesn't make them mentally weak. Yeah. Um, and just having a coach that is supportive of you and allows you to kind of open up and get it off your chest and just like be comfortable with, um, you know, being able to recognize that there's something going on and um, just like, I, I can't imagine like how much easier that was for you. But like we see that in so many different teams now. And like we were talking about earlier that is there a, like in regards to sports psychology sure. and having a sports psychologist and how beneficial those would be. And um, so you've kind of touched on having a supportive coach and whatnot, but did you have a sports psychologist that you could reach out to or like, how did that work? Um, so, um, I'll just read like the health center um, provided like whatever mental health specialists and people who were helping like counselors who you could talk to. And um, for my first few years, I talked to pretty much just talked to like the same people that everyone else talked to. Um, and then uh, I want to say it was my senior year. Maybe they, kind of made a little, they, they kind of divided a little bit. So there was a, just athletic um, counselors that would talk to athletes kind of um, okay. more about this stuff. And I think that like, uh, that was something that was huge. Cause you know, when I was getting, when I was uh, like an upperclassman, I was, um, you know, they helped me more specifically in sports. Um, and so I think that was, that's huge just cause it, you know, there's, there's a couple different coping methods and, um, like as an athlete to just in a different environment and different relationships with, you know, like coaches and teammates and stuff like that. So that was definitely really helpful. Yeah, no, it's awesome to hear. 
Um, you talked about coping, uh, you know, methods and stuff like that. Was is there something specific that you do to help you cope, say on a daily basis? Whether you know something that works for you, if you don't mind, if you don't mind sharing, maybe it's um, meditating or, or or something along those lines. Is there something specific that you do to help you out? Sure. Um, I, I guess like you kind of touched on it, like with the meditation, but. Um, for me, like I do a lot of breathing exercises and, you know, that's actually, I, I learned it things with counselors at my time at Cornell and, mm. um, actually like at UMass here, we, um, all the guys have to do, uh, we, we train them with like breathing exercises. So basically in, um, in late in games or in high intense situations, you know, you can, you can slow your heart rate down and, um, still be focusing on that, that goal. Um, so I, I actually use some of those those exercises and those training methods that we that I've learned here and over the past. And um, no, I think that that is that is probably the biggest thing I do. Um, and then they, they know just staying active and exercise and um, like all the endorphins and everything that gets released from just being active and exercising. I think that that helps me a lot. So mm-hmm. I notice a big difference when I'm you know days where I'm working out doing stuff like that and you know days when you're just like kind of sitting around doing nothing um you know you definitely kind of like you definitely feel different uh differently oh yeah without a doubt it's crazy how doing something as simple as just controlling your breathing and um doing a little bit of breathing exercises can make a, a huge difference pretty, yeah. pretty well. um yeah i mean and you know uh you're making the transition then from, from playing to coaching and um, what kind of words of advice do you have for someone who is making that transition as well, or um, will be making that transition from their playing career to maybe a coaching career or um, maybe life outside of hockey, um, you know, life outside of playing. Do you have any words of advice for people making that transition? Hello. You there? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Um. Uh, yeah, I think that you know, just the reason why you do this podcast is uh, like just you know, to, to show people they're not alone, and I think that's that's huge, and that's you know, steps in the right direction of, um, you know, having people recognize that you know, so many people go through things like this and, you know, the, you know, adversity strikes everybody and when they're an athlete and, um, you know, that adversity builds character and it's, you know, it's how you handle those situations and it's all, it's all your mindset. Um, and so that's, that's something I've learned like as a coach, um, and transitioning into being a coach is that, um, you know, as, as a player and just in, in life in many aspects is like your, your mindset is, is, so powerful in that it uh the way you think about things and the way you think about yourself or uh just like the you know the self-talk and just being positive it it, it goes so, such a long way yeah without a doubt that's one thing i've realized was this that self-talk i mean <clears throat> you are what you think and you are what you say um always being positive and confident in yourself is is a big thing for mental health for sure I got, I got a question that we could probably all relate to is, so obviously there's a phrase of like, 
when you're kind of frustrated and whatnot, you kind of motherfuck yourself and you're talking under your breath and mumbling like that. Is there something that you guys have learned or kind of adjusted to doing um, when you would find yourself doing that, such as like a breathing exercise? Was there something that could get you guys to kind of refocus like really quickly or anything along those lines? Uh, Danny, you want it? You can go ahead. You can go first. It's, yeah, it's more just an open forum of trying to get new ideas out so everyone yeah. can, you know, get an idea and just kind of whatnot. Sure. Hmm. Um, I think just like, I mean, kind of in that situation, it's, I think it's uh, like self-talk is, is a big thing where I think that like when you're, instead of getting like down and obviously like, you know, like as a competitor, let's say, you know, like it, that fiery like kind of, competitiveness in you is, is what drives you but I, and I think it's a really good thing um, but I think just you know being able to know what like kind of n- n- how to not put yourself into like a negative mindset I think that's um, like that's where you got to be able to recognize the the line yeah yeah, yeah I mean for me I, I just uh, I try and look back at past experiences where I really screwed myself over um, you know I could think of some times like sophomore year, uh, even junior year where I, you know, you know, you think you're playing well, whatever, and you get scratched and instead of like just taking it on the chin and moving, it just like legit just ruined me. And it's just like something so little that happened that, uh, I think I've seen with a lot of players too, like that you just start thinking about all the whys instead of just saying, you know what, whatever it is, what it is. I'm just going to keep playing. I look back at times, um, you know, recently where, you know, things might not have gotten my, gone my way. And I just try and think to yourself, like, listen, like, don't screw yourself again. Like, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's just hockey. Just keep playing and look, look forward. Don't dwell on the past. So I think just kind of just learning from past experiences where um, I, I may have screwed myself over. But just having a shitty mindset and just being a little negative, I think, has helped me. Um, that's just the one thing that comes to mind right now. And how about you, Flo? Yeah, no, it's definitely, um, definitely a lo- uh, really similar to both situations. Um, but um, going off what Bliss said, those breathing exercises, um, and uh, I actually learned it from Doc Wally. But um, you know, just kind of slowing down, and he always used uh, the colors red and blue, and to always go towards the blue because it's like that calming just like positive color while I'm breathing and, you know, it's like focusing on like the deep breathing through the stomach and whatnot. So I, that was one of the things I struggled with most. Um, and people probably thought it was crazy when I was doing it, but I, I didn't even realized I was doing it half the time. And, you know, once I kind of adjusted into those breathing exercises and whatnot in the middle of a game, um, it definitely benefited me um, a lot quicker than I expected it to, but I was just curious to how other people do it because obviously breathing worked for me, but if there's um, obviously other ways to do it that work for people, like just being able to try them and like thinking back that I learned it from someone else is just kind of already making a positive impact. 
because mm-hmm. I know that other people are dealing with the same thing. So it's like kind of like the way I think of things. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Getting uh, feeding off each other is huge. Um, helping each yeah. other out is the biggest thing. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, Ryan. I mean, thanks again for uh, you know coming on. I want to take up too much of your time here, but if if there's anything else you you know just want to add or say to you know those listening, you uh, by all means, you have the floor. Just want to say thanks again, and uh, you know I hope that if anyone's listening, then uh, they they realize they're not alone, and that uh, you know lots of the people, probably the guy sitting right next to them in the locker room or on the bench, is going through the same thing. So. It's, uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to talk about it. And, you know, the more – I think one of those things that, that helps me in coping is, you know, just talking about it. And I think the more you talk about it, the more you realize that, you know, you uh, kind of get it all out there. And for me, at least, it kind of, like – like, it, like, puts a little mental list of kind of the stressors that are going on. And, and I get to uh, get to take care of them, like, one, on, one by one. And so I think that's, like – just, you know, being open about it, not, not trying to let it all eat you up is, is really important. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. Thanks again. Go ahead, Flo. No, I was just going to uh, say thank you for coming on and being so uh, open to uh, talking about it. Like clearly it's a uh, tough subject and a lot harder for other people, but you know, we're doing that trying to make a difference and um whoever we can and uh you're now a part of that movement and kind of uh, awareness so uh you know i'm grateful for you being vulnerable and willing to talk about it so i appreciate it and i know a lot of people that are going to listen are going to benefit off of uh you know what you said just like your positive outlook so thank you again yeah yeah thank you again man really appreciate yeah, no it problem.